If you're 60 years old today, there's a good chance you'll live to 100. Are you prepared? Welcome to Your Longest Life, the podcast all about exploring how we can live our best life as we age. Here's your host, Ian Thompson. Well, good morning and welcome to Your Longest Life. This is Ian Thompson, your host, and uh, this podcast is all about how do you live your longest life? How do you stay healthy and how do you not run out of money, which happens to be a good topic today because my guest is uh, Frank Allen from Frank Allen Financial. Good morning, Frank. Good morning, Ian. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you for joining us. Now, as, before we came on here, I was looking at your uh, your website about you've been in the financial business 47 years. Is that right? Yeah, I think a little more now, but yeah, that's that's about it. Yeah. Awesome. Well, you've got so much experience and I'm hoping you can share you know, your knowledge on how do we, how do we go from where we are? And the whole point is that we're research says we're going to live longer and longer, longer than we ever have. And that's kind of a good news, bad news thing. And certainly from a financial standpoint, that has to be, if not the top, one of the top things people are concerned about, right? Well, certainly it's, it's, it's one of the top things. Um, But, but I think it's important to recognize that, that, while retirement, while we work with the money, I as a planner, and just maybe because maybe we're different, I'm not sure, but but we have to look at all of the other factors that go into retirement, and 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 that's your life, what you put your longest life, and those are the important things. Money, money's a key issue there, but um, but all of the other parts of it uh, become important too. So I'm not sure wh- where that fits in, but it's okay. it's what I tend to talk about anyway. So. Well, I found I found a good quote that says, uh, "Retirement is like a long vacation in Las Vegas. The goal is to enjoy it to the fullest, but not so fully that you run out of money." Well, that's a good that's a good quote, <laughs> and 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 you know we, we often use it, uh, uh, when when you're planning for young families. There's an old expression that says, "You know, there's too much month at the end of the money," and it's much <laughs> the same expression here. There's too much life at the end of the money, and so. Having been around a long time, I've dealt with clients who run out of money. I mean, it's, you know, it's just it's all gone, whatever it is. And it's whether question they're going to have to use the equity in their home if they have one, or they're now going to have to go into some kind of facility or somewhere where, where either they're being supported by a, a, a child or a relative of some sort. So all of those are important questions to that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, now, the latest stats, I, I did a bit of research here. We talk about 68% of Canadians don't have a retirement plan. I'll just toss these out here. 30% haven't saved a cent for retirement, and 62% ended up retiring earlier than expected. Would those, would those jive with what you see? I, I, th- I think they would, although recognizing realistically, and, and there's some bias here, because I can't really help anybody who doesn't have any money. I mean, that's, that's right. what we do here. So, so typically people are coming to us who have accumulated money and maybe it's not enough, but we're then trying to work out, okay, how can they make it last as long as it can? Uh, but the facts are that certainly I talk to people as parts of group plans because we do pensions and, and group RSPs for c- companies that oftentimes uh, people are signing up for a group plan in their 50s and, and have never had any other savings before. And when you look at the numbers, there's just no way they're going to be able to accumulate enough to, to give them the kind of retirement that think they should have, or else they're going to have to keep working longer, which is one of the good alternatives today is to keep working longer. So now the, when you talk about defined pensions plans, that that's really the big change, isn't it? How many of those are left in Canada? Not, 
Well, I mean, certainly there are there's two different kinds of pension plans. There's a defined benefit pension plan, which governments tend to have in large corporations, and, and then uh, defined contribution plans, which are really just like a large group RRSP. So defined pension plans, defined benefit plans, which governments have, they still have them. A lot of major corporations like Air Canada, TELUS, those kinds of things have changed to a defined contribution plan, which means it's just a pot of money, which no guarantees that it's going to last as long as you do. So those are important questions, but but there's really not a lot of defined benefit plans left in the country other than in some major corporations and all governments are pretty much that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this is becoming even more important that I'm, I have to rely on myself then. I need to think more that way. Well, I think I think that's true. I mean, and certainly we encourage people to save. I mean, there's a, there's a, there's a sort of little phrase that I use, and that is, if you put a little bit away for a long time, it eventually becomes a big bit. You don't have to know. You don't have to know a lot about investing or anything else. Just put the money away. You got to save somewhere along the line, and that's a difficult thing to do for young families. And but if you can have the discipline to do it and get started early, it makes a huge difference in what the numbers are going to be way out there whenever it is you're ready to retire. You talked about working longer. Do you see more of your people you work with doing that? By all means, certainly business owners. I mean, I work with a lot of business owners and have done all of my career. And and I see people my age, and as you know, I'm long past retirement, but I'm still working because I enjoy it. I don't have to work financially today, but I work because I enjoy it, and I deal with nice people. If I had to deal with turkeys, I wouldn't do this. <laughs> But, but, I, right. but I do it because I, I deal with nice people. But but what I'm seeing is in other professions and other businesses, business owners saying, yeah, I, I don't want to quit. I, I'm enjoying what I'm doing. Um, if you're not enjoying what you're doing, you should get out of there as soon as you can. But mm-hmm. uh, on the opposite side, if you're enjoying that, certainly I see that as a trend. Um, and not only because of the financial rewards, but just because there's a place to get up and go every morning. And and uh, and a reason to get up, a purpose that becomes important. Yeah. I, I've seen. I remember I've seen a one of the teachers of my kids' schools at Home Depot selling lawnmowers, and uh, and we were chatting about it, and he was just he was just bored. Sure, sure. No, I, I I've seen it. I I've got a couple of situations with clients who really weren't in business, but basically just saying, yeah, I'm just bored. I got to go find something to do. Whether it's volunteer work can can do a lot of that. But oftentimes, if somebody starts a new business or go gets a part-time, go and gets a part-time job, I mean, the key to that is purpose. You know, the, the people of Okinawa in Japan, um, they have one of the longest, longest lives. Um, the number of average people over age 100 is very, very large. And, and in, their, in that culture, they don't even have a word for, for, uh, for retirement. It doesn't, doesn't exist. They have a word called aigike. And an IDK basically translates to the reason I get up every morning. And, and if you really come back to that, that's purpose. That that and, and if you if you go further than that, if you think back 100 or 150 years here in Canada, people didn't retire. I mean, if, you, if we were an agrarian right. society, people worked on the farms. So grandma didn't have to have to get out there heist and sheaves anymore, but she probably could collect the eggs. And so she was there on the farm. And so people didn't retire. There was no such thing as the way we think about it today. I mean, it really only started with, with Bismarck, with the idea of pensions in, in 1873, I think it was, with General Bismarck in Germany, who decided that he was having trouble with his troops, so he'd give them a pension that would start at age 65. 
of course, the average age was something like 47. So <laughs> Nobody made it there, right? And a hell of a lot of them. But, but the point was that, that that's, that's where this idea of 65 came about. But, but you and I are healthy enough today that beyond age 65, there's no particular reason that we should stop working um, if we enjoy what we do. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. Now, the government tried to extend our age to 67 at one point, did they not? And that was... They did and rolled it back. And so there are some adjustments that may be there, but that's only to do with old age security. So remembering that old age security for Canadians is what, $624 a month today. Mm -hmm. So that's, you know, that's just one little piece of a retirement puzzle. So today, if somebody has both Canada pension plan and old age security, then the maximum they're going to have between the two of them is about $2,000 a month. Okay. They've had maximum Canada pension plan, which most people don't. And so consequently, again, that's not enough for most people to retire or to live the standard of living that they want to live if, if and when they're retired. Now, that, let's, let's just talk about that for a minute, the maximum Canada pension plan. That's the difference between taking it at 60 and taking it at 70? Yeah. <clears throat> well, I mean, you're right. I mean, certainly you take a reduction if you take it at 60. You can start it as early as 60 and you can leave it as late as age, seven, age 70. Um, so, you know, if, if one can, leaving it to age 70 makes a big difference because it gives you a, a percentage every year that you leave it. Um, but again, on the opposite side, I have lots of people who my attitude is they're going to need to retire. They need every dollar they can get. And so if they're retiring at age 61, then in most cases, they probably need the Canada pension plan. Uh, but again, if they can read it, again, leave it, obviously, there's so much the better for them. What should people be thinking about and, and should it be broken down into different stages? Like if I'm in my sixties, if I'm in my seventies, if I'm in my, my eighties, these are conversations that I guess our parents never had, didn't have to, grandparents never dreamed they would live that long. It was just didn't happen. And now it's, I mean, both my parents are 94 and they're alive. And I know we were talking uh, earlier that you have, I think it's your father-in-law that's, early 90s right yeah he's, he's he's gonna be 94 coming up here in a couple months yeah 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 so we see more and more people living longer are there are there certain steps that people would start taking like they'd look okay i'm going to retire in five years is that i i don't know that there's certain steps that come up but but Ian, you can you can almost you can almost categorize or, or put into the retirement stages almost like three separate stages what we generally refer to as the go-go years um, I got a couple of clients now who are retired just in, in their early 60s, and it's amazing. They're taking cruises. Well, not today. They're not taking cruises. Yeah. <laughs> they're taking cruises. They're going on golf holidays and all this kind of stuff. So we, we categorize those three categories as the go-go years, and then the slow-go years, and then the no-go years. So <laughs> your, your parents at 94 aren't going anywhere. No, they're not. My no. father-in-law at 94 or 93 and a half or whatever he is today he, he's still driving, so he drives down here to Nanaimo to go to Costco every once in a while, uh, but he's not going anywhere. And so those are pretty slow-go years. So you don't spend an awful lot of money because he doesn't need a lot of health care today. But if you need health care, that becomes the big issue in terms of what the money is. But, but in terms of where he is, if we realize that for most people during their working careers, when they spend money is on the weekends. They don't right. get a chance to spend anything on the, on, during, during the week when they're working, so they spend money on the weekends. And then you look and say, okay, I retire at 65 or whatever number, and it's all weekends. And now the question <laughs> is, okay, what is my lifestyle? What am I going to be doing? What am I going to be spending my time at? And if it's playing golf, well, that's not a cheap thing. 
If it's going out and taking pictures in the woods, well, that's, that doesn't cost an awful lot. So it's a question of what your lifestyle is, but those go-go years, slow-go years, and no-go years, they can, they can come into play at a number of different ages. I mean, I've got a situation right now with a client who's 70 with early dementia, who's now just, just moved here just in the last two weeks in with a daughter only because she can't handle her own house and, and, mm-hmm. uh, and her, her money, which we were really worried about that she was going to worry, worry about. We were going to have to start drawing from her house somehow. Uh, that's not going to need to be a worry anymore because she's not going to be able to stay in her house. And so consequently mm-hmm. that becomes a financial issue that the, the, the worry that she had about paying off her mortgage in her line of credit at 70, which she still had or still has, um, is not an issue because sooner or later they're going to have to sell the house because she can't be there. So as what I'm hearing you say, as much as there's planning, there's also the inevitable things that are going to come up that you can't plan for. Sure. Well, like I mean, there, there's, there's, there's an expression, I think it's in the, in the, in the, in the U S uh, uh, the GIs or whatever they are that, you know, the best laid plans, you know, the plans all work great until the, until the leader gets shot at the door. You know? so, so, so who knows? I mean, there's all kinds of things in life that come up that you're not expecting. I've got a cousin of mine right now waiting to go into long-term care. And, and because of COVID, he can't go into long-term care and he can't depend for himself. Um, but nevertheless, that, could have, that, that really started from a motorcycle accident when he was 51 and he's mm-hmm. 80 now. And so somebody's been taking care of him that whole time. Wow. Yeah. You talked about, uh, you know, spending money and accumulating. And I, th- I heard you mention that the person had still had a mortgage when they were 70. So debt reduction is something to be thinking about as much as you can as you get ready to retire. By all means. I think that's number one priority, in my opinion, is make sure that, that, that there's no debt there. I mean, or, or as little as possible. And, and, and it's very common to see people at 65 plus still have mortgages, mm-hmm. which again takes a big chunk of whatever they've accumulated for retirement, whether that's from their, their guaranteed sources, a Canada pension plan, old age security, their, their, their government pension or so on. Um, that mortgage payment is going to take a big chunk of it. And, and so if that, that debt can be eliminated, uh, it makes a huge difference in, in what they're flexing. I had somebody in yes, uh, yesterday um, who... I understood was going to need $2,000 a month out of her retirement savings. And when she came in, she said, no, no, we paid off the mortgage. We, are, we only need $3,000 a month coming into the household. And, and the husband's drawing $2,000 from his retirement plan. So we don't need to take anything from her plan right now. And, and so the point there is not having any debt, make, make, debt makes a huge difference in terms of what you're able to do. Okay. Yeah. And then, and then when I move into my, I guess... My seventies, I guess, and I know I'm I'm sort of saying sixties, seventies, and eighties, different different decades, and those things are flexible. But that's going to change maybe as I get closer to thinking about moving into a retirement home, and the costs of that can be quite high. Can be quite high. I mean, so so when you, in other words, if if you're in assisted living today, assisted living, and I may not have the terminal terminology exactly right, but assisted living basically is place like here in Nanaimo, we have Berwick, we have Long Lake Chateau, we have Lakeside Gardens. All of those are assisted living where all of the meals are prepared and you have a room or a small suite or whatever it is. And that's typically going to cost for one person somewhere in the range of $3,500 a month, $3,000 to $3,500 a month. So that's assisted living. 
Now then, if you need long-term care now, now where you need care all the time, there's two options. You can go into a government facility in mm -hmm. which case they just take 80% of your income. So regardless of what your income is, if it's only pension income, they're going to be taking 80% of it with a cap. There is a, there is a cap in BC. And, or if you need to go then into a private place because you can't pay, you can't get into a government facility because of the, of the waiting lists or because you don't like the quality, you want something a higher standard, now you might be looking at $6,000 a month. Now, I may not have those numbers exactly, mm -hmm. yet, but the point is if you want need actual long-term care and you're paying for it yourself, then likely that's the kind of numbers that are there. And, and, and that can, can run down the pot of money, whatever that pot of well, money may not exist at all, may not be available at all in those cases. Yeah. Mm. So that, uh, and but I understood that there, is there a way to get insurance for that, Frank? There is such a thing called long-term care insurance. I have it. I will say, I'll tell you that it is not overly popular in the US. It's not cheap and basically what it says is that it will pay you a daily amount if you're in a care facility or if you're getting care at home. Um, if you can't do two of the five of the five activities of daily living, which are things okay. like eating, changing, toileting, mm -hmm. transferring, those kinds of things. Um, but it's 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 not cheap insurance. I own it because I'm in that business. But um, I have to tell you that it's there. It's it, we don't see an awful lot of it being purchased by individuals in Canada was part, very popular in the U.S. and companies have raised their rates so high now just because the reality is that people need this stuff and so consequently it's, it becomes almost prohibitive to buy. Really? It's, it's that expensive? Well, wow. yeah. I mean, I, I couldn't even tell you a rate today. <laughs> I, I, I know that I bought stuff for myself and my wife again because I believe in it. I'm, a, I'm in the business um, yep. and I think we pay something like $350 a month for, I don't know, $3,000 a month of, of coverage. I see. Uh, so, so that gives you some idea. But again, depending on your age, when you buy it, all of those factors enter into it. But mm -hmm. just go back to what you said about um, Ian in terms of, of where you're living. I, I came across an article the other day, and I thought this is kind of interesting because it was an article, and, and basically the title said something. And I may not have this exactly said something. Three questions. Three questions that will determine the quality of your life in retirement. And those questions were. Where will I get an ice cream cone? How will I get an ice cream cone? Okay, we're in August, and let's suppose you decide all of a sudden I want a dilly bar or a, yeah. I want to go to Dairy Queen, and I'm 75. How am I going to get an ice cream cone? Who's going to bring me one? The other question then is who's going to change my light bulbs? So that becomes a key question when you talk about housing. Yes. As if you're now in some kind of care facility, okay, somebody else is going to change the light bulb. But if you're still living in your home and you're not going to get up on a ladder, that depends. And, and, and that goes along with the question of, am I going to move? And I've just got two situations right now with clients who have followed their grandchildren. One of them have been here in central Vancouver Island forever. And because their grandchildren are one grandchild that they have yeah. is in Toronto, they've up and moved into a condo in Toronto. Now, is that right or wrong? No. But the fact of the matter is, they have no friends there other than this, other than their, their son, pardon me, their yep. daughter, and, 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 the child, and the child in this case. Another situation with a close friend of mine whose grandchildren have moved to Vernon from Vancouver. And so they're moving to Vernon. 
And I look at that and I go, okay, you better think about that because the perspectives are that person, certainly the one that moved to Vernon, might get transferred to Calgary. Right. So you're going to move to you can't you can't follow. You got to live your life for your life. You got to have your IDK, let's say, and your purpose and where it's there. So the third question then, in terms of of of, um, of who's going to change my light bulbs and and who's going to uh, where am I going to get an ice cream? I love the ice cream one. Yeah. Well, I mean that that becomes a, a critical question in terms of what's going to be and and then the next question is who am I going to have lunch with? Who am I going to have lunch with? So that social reaction, just to go back to that question about the friend or clients who've moved to Toronto, right? The only people they know there are, are their daughter and son-in-law. So those become a and they're retired. So the question then is, okay, who am I going to have lunch with? And and whether you're single, I have a my my wife is close friends with the widow of my best friend, and they have a group of widows. There are six or seven of them that get together to play cards or whatever. The question then is. That social aspect, that purpose, all of those things become more, almost more important than the money because we can always have those kinds of things regardless of what level of income we have and what, how much we've saved. So those, to my mind, are the kinds of things that you need to think about far more than, not more, but certainly at least as much as am I saving enough and have I got enough? The question is, what am I going to do and where am I going to spend my time? What does my life look like? Or what do I want it to look like? Those are big questions, aren't they? They're important. They're huge questions. They're huge questions. But too many people haven't haven't really thought about that. And that's my job as I see it. So sure, look after the money, but to make sure that people are asking themselves those questions, or at least I'm asking them. And that's where that social part, I mean, you and I are both in Rotary, but that sort of interaction with people is so important. I mean, we, I mean your business and my business, we see people withdrawing at home. Mm-hmm. Right. And the world just gets smaller and smaller. Yeah, by all means, by all means. So, so you want to make sure that you're thinking about those things. And who am I going to have lunch with when I'm 81, or 89, or 94? Whatever it happens to be. <laughs> I know. Because the chances are you're going to be single. I mean, a very good chance that you're going to be single somewhere out there. So all of those become important. I've I found that the um, people need to be their own sort of social organizers too. I find a lot of men are rely on their spouses to drive that part of their life. And when that's not there, it's sort of, what do I do now? I don't know anybody really. My wife used to set that up for me, right? And now I'm kind of sitting here by myself, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, don't know if, I don't know if you find that as well. Well, cer- certainly we see that, but there's also the other side where, where, where husband, and this, this is common, husband retires. And I, and I saw somebody say the other day, something to the effect of, Okay, you're going to retire, but here's what I, you, you have to guarantee me that three days a week you're not going to be home <laughs> because I don't want you in here trying to run my kitchen and clean up my kitchen and change the organization things because this is my house. This is the way I've been running it for this many years. You've been off, so you go ahead and you go. Fig- you better figure out something else to do than coming in here and trying to run the household that I've been running for this many years. Anyway. Uh, that sounds like a big discussion, Frank. <laughs> my attitude is I put my hands up and say, time out. I'm out of that discussion. You guys have to figure that out. <laughs> I guess you see a lot of that, don't you? Well, you do. And, 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 and it, 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 it's, those are important questions. Where's, where's particularly most commonly husband on the opposite side. And what you just said in terms of, of, of somebody's, my wife has run the organization. I've seen many times situations where 
husband has run, it's very commonly this way, husband has run the finances. And in a lot of cases, wife, and I just think it's criminal, wife doesn't even know how to write a check. And I just think that is just wrong. And it doesn't happen very much anymore, but it was more prevalent 35 or 40 years ago when mm-hmm. I first started dealing with these kinds of things. That um, uh, it's a joint thing and recognizing, and my wife said this to me about our friend the other day, that, that you know, when, you in, in a, when you're in a couple, you tend to make financial decisions together. You bounce the ideas off one another, mm-hmm. you argue about it or whatever it is. But now all of a sudden there's only one of you and there's only one of you to make that decision. And that's, that, that becomes a key issue down the line in, in making those decisions. Somebody now all of a sudden has to put a new fence down 200 feet of their property. Before there was two of us to figure that out and what we were going to spend and how it was going to be done and who was going to do it and who was going to be the contractor. Yeah. And now there's only one. And, and I'll tell you, while that may sound like it's not a big decision, it's a big decision for a lot of people in terms of how much they're going to spend there because now they're making that decision on their own. Hmm. Don't know if that, whether you see that again, because you're dealing with a lot of people yeah. who are downsizing and there yes. are in a lot of cases only one. And therefore mm-hmm. those indes- that indecision is, is a key issue because before there was two may trying to make that decision. And now there's only one in a lot of cases. So, as far as you know, as we kind of wrap it up and think of think of going forward, these are the kind of discussions that people want to be having now. Not, I always, you know, I like that saying: only a crisis initiates action. Somebody takes a fall, now we start talking about healthcare. Somebody loses their job, now we start talking about money. So this, this we want to have those discussions now is really the number one takeaway for you. Say, how are we going to live this together here? I think you hit it right on that, that certainly we encourage people to, to, to be talking together. And, 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 and that, I mean, it's a question I ask couples often all the time is, you know, so what do you do together? Because you're going to be together. What do you do together today? And oftentimes the question in a statement is not very much. So yeah. the question really is the funny, just as you said on the financial side is yes, you need to be making, particularly if it's a couple, you need to be thinking about those things. You need to be asking each other, what do we want to do? Where do we want to spend our time? Where do we want to live? How do we want to live? What are those hobbies that we're not doing now that we think we're going to take up? All of those kind of things. If you haven't got a hobby, then you better start thinking about that because there's an awful lot of time. If you think about, if you think about life in terms of 8,000 days, and it's just about, in most cases, it's about a category of each stage of four stages of life is about 8,000 days. So if you retire in your mid-60s, in most cases, you've got about another 8,000 days if you really come down to it. So, okay. so it's a question of where are you going to spend that time and, 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 and trying to figure that out all of a sudden when you retire is pretty short notice. And, and, and that can cause an awful lot of stress. Awesome. That's great advice, Frank. Thank you. How do, how do we get a hold of you? What's the best way to reach out to you? Uh, well, my, certainly we're right here on Bowen Road here in Nanaimo, and uh, my phone number obviously is in the book, or you want, I don't know if you want to give me that over here, or it's just Frank at Frank Allen Financial, L-L-E-N, Frank at FrankAllenFinancial.com. So, anyway. FrankAllenFinancial.com. Well, it's been great, Frank. Thank you for being my guest today. Ian, it's always a pleasure talking to you. Okay, my friend. You have a good day. Okay. Enjoy the day. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to Your Longest Life with Ian Thompson. 
If you found this episode helpful, please subscribe and share it with others. For more info, articles, and to get in touch with Ian, visit yourlongestlife.com.